0: everyone and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host Kevin Roberts and I'm a coach, learning and development professional and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow and hopefully we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn live a life that is true to them. In today's episode, we're going to begin our exploration into the art of giving feedback. Our daily lives are filled with moments of feedback, yet many of us find it tricky to articulate our thoughts. And what starts out as a well-meaning conversation turns into a highly charged and emotive interaction. So today we're going to share some feedback techniques that could help your input have a stronger impact and discuss how you can develop this invaluable superpower. So if you're ready, let's get started. So to kick off today's episode, I just want to begin with a thank you. Uh, I recently ran a poll on Instagram, asking people for suggested topics for the podcast. And there were some really, really great responses. So I wanted to say thank you to everyone who has given suggestions for themes. Uh, I normally just say what's on my mind. So it's great to know what people want to hear more about. And amongst all of the responses I received, there was one theme that stood out from the rest. Uh, And if I'm being honest, it's generally one of the most requested training courses I'm asked for. And that is all about the art of feedback. Now, just very quickly, as I say that word, how do you feel? What would come to mind if I were to say to you, I have some feedback for you. Now, it could be a wild swing here, but I'm going to guess you instantly think I'm going to tell you something you've done wrong. And if that's the case, fear not, you are not alone. There is something about that word that seems to be drenched in negative connotations. And it's this negativity that can create actually rather hostile interactions when feedback is concerned. But the truth of the matter is that feedback is incredibly valuable. So much so that our lives are filled with feedback every single day. What happens when you push your body too hard? Your body will give you feedback by aching and maybe even giving you a bug. If you drink too much, your body will feed that back to you by way of a hangover. If your phone battery is low, you'll get the feedback by those 20 and 10% alerts. If you make someone feel better, they will give you feedback in the form of a smile or a hug. In short, feedback helps us move forward. It helps us live our lives effectively It allows us to improve relationships, and it's possibly one-off, if not the biggest tool in our growth and development. But, and this is a big but, feedback, the information itself, is neither good nor bad. What decides whether feedback is good or bad are the people involved. It's decided by how effective someone is at giving feedback. It's decided by how well someone can receive feedback. It's decided by the interaction, not necessarily the information. Just think of an example say how people react from feedback for their car when it tells them in that form of the little petrol light that they're low on petrol. Some people will panic and rush to the nearest petrol station and some will ignore it and think I know better than that little light. Different reactions to the same piece of information and that's exactly the same for feedback as well. We all give and we all receive feedback in very different ways but there are always ways that we can improve as proven by the volume of requests that I received for this topic. Now, as this is quite a big topic, I thought it would be incredibly optimistic of me to think that I could cover it all in one episode. So instead, I've decided to record two different episodes. Today's will focus on improving the way that we provide feedback to people, whilst the next episode will focus on how to receive feedback. Both incredibly important topics, so I just wanted to make sure I give them both the attention they deserve. So let's begin then with why giving feedback is important. Uh, and we gave some examples earlier, but generally when you narrow it down, feedback has one of two purposes. It's either used to reinforce certain behaviors or to alter them. Either someone has behaved in a way that we want them to repeat or we want them to avoid in the future. It could be a child's behavior when interacting with others. It could be a partner's attitude when interacting with you. Maybe it's an employer's performance at work or an athlete's technique. And I often say you can tell the importance of something by its absence. So just imagine those scenarios I've mentioned there. What would happen if no feedback was given, either positive or negative? The child would not know what acceptable behaviour is. The partner may not know how to communicate effectively. An employee could be blind to whether the work is actually any good, and an athlete could be performing in ways that actually hinder their ability. All of those things can be avoided with the simple act of giving feedback. So the burning question I'm sure most of you have is, what is the best way to provide feedback? And whilst that's a great question, I'm afraid it's not one that has a definitive answer. I think everyone has their own preferences, uh, and I don't believe there's one best way. But what there is, is the most appropriate way. You would need to take things into consideration when deciding what technique to use. Things like, who's the feedback going to? What's the context? What's your relationship like? What are potential consequences? Is it suggestive feedback or is it mandatory? In any given week, I could give positive feedback to one of my team after a great piece of work, Uh, give feedback to a key stakeholder that their project didn't go so well, give feedback to a presenter I've never met before to help them improve, give feedback to my niece about how her behavior made other people feel. Now, do you think I'd have the same feedback style for all of those examples? Of course I wouldn't. I mean, There's different styles and different methods to use. But the good news is I'm going to share some of these techniques with you today. Uh, I've got a bunch of them uh, that I've used over my career, well, my life actually, and it's because I have this wide variety of techniques that I'm able to adapt my feedback to any given situation. Um, I think I have four techniques to cover, so let's just kick straight into them. And I think I'll start with the most common one. So this was the very first technique I was taught, and that's the feedback sandwich, or more commonly known as the poo sandwich. And yes, I know there is normally an alternative word that is used there. But put simply, a feedback sandwich is to start with something positive, then give the feedback you actually want to give and then end with a positive. So a good example would be someone saying to me, um, hey, Kev, that presentation you gave last week was amazing. The content was really interesting. Some people did think you spoke a bit too fast at times and were hard to follow, but we really liked the exercises that you used. Now, the science behind this is is pretty solid. You build someone up by giving them positive words, slipping the constructive feedback, and then leave them with another positive so they end the conversation on a high. It's a tried and tested way of giving feedback. Uh, It it works incredibly well on children um, or even for people who have not received a great amount of feedback in their lives. It also forces you as the person giving the feedback to think of positives to share, not just any negatives. However, there are two things to note here. A, it's only useful for negative feedback. So it's only really effective when you have corrective or constructive feedback for someone. Uh, and B, it's just so common. This feedback style is so commonly used that if you have been in a work environment for more than, say, three months, you would have had this used on you. Uh, and whilst it still will be very effective on some people, the more you get used to this technique, the more you see what's about to happen, you almost become cynical. Um, and it's it's happened to me. I've had a bit of positive feedback before, but I was, I'm waiting for the but. We begin to think that the positives are not actually positives, but just a way of softening the blow for the negative that's about to come. Um, And like I say, it's definitely happened to me. Uh, I had some feedback. I didn't react to it. I just said, okay, well, what's the but? And and there wasn't a but. It was just positive. But that technique had almost scarred me that I was just waiting for that negative bit to come. So if you aren't going to use that technique, great. But just be very aware of how it's received. Uh, If you have people responding well to it, brilliant. Keep it up, keep going. But if it hasn't landed consider using another technique um, which leads to the second method and if I was really pushed for an answer I would say this is my preferred method and it's called the SBI model where SBI stands for situation, behavior and impact. Now the reason I adore this method is that it focuses on being specific and objective. So often feedback can be loaded with personal emotion interpretations which are so easy to argue against and react to. So if you know someone reacts poorly to feedback and often argues, this could be the method for you. So the way it works is you begin with saying the situation you'd like to talk about, so setting the scene if you'd like. And it could be something like, in our team meeting yesterday just before lunch, or when you were speaking with Bob last night. And the purpose of this is to bring the exact moment to mind, which will ensure you are both talking about the exact same thing and avoid any confusion. And once you've set the scene, it's time to talk about the observed behaviour and it's really important you hear that. You talk about observed behavior. You do not talk about judgments or interpretations or opinions. You only talk about what you have observed. For example, if you want to give someone feedback that they looked bored during a presentation. If you jump straight in and said, hey, you looked bored. That's a judgment and one that they can quickly refute. No, I wasn't bored. I was enjoying it. What you are you talking about? And the feedback then goes awry. So instead, talk about what you observed that led you to believe that they were bored. Well, you observed that they were leaning back in their seats, that they were looking out of the window, they were on their phones, they had their head in the hand while doodling on their notepad. If you think maybe someone was rude, don't tell them that, That's that's another judgment. Instead, what did you observe? Well, it could be that they raised their voice, they swore at you, they were stood very close and in your personal space. All of these are observed behaviours and as such make them very hard to disagree with. You haven't labelled them, you've simply called out a specific observation. If you told someone they were rude, which I'm sure we've done before, you know how they respond. No, it wasn't. But describing the behaviour is clear, it's objective, so it's harder to dispute. Now, once you've shared what you've observed, you can then go on to describe the impact that behaviour had on you. For example, because of the way you spoke to me, and your body language, I felt threatened, I felt disrespected, and I felt embarrassed. Now notice what I'm doing there. I'm not saying you were threatening, you were disrespectful, or you were embarrassing. I'm saying how your behavior, which I've just listed, impacted me. The whole point of this feedback is to say what was observed and the impact it had. You're not attacking anyone, you're not being judgmental, you're being specific and objective. Now, of course, how the other person takes this is always going to be up to them, But what I found is when you follow this approach, people don't tend to argue about what they did. Instead, they kind of lean on, oh, that wasn't my intention. They didn't mean to come across in that manner. And they instantly seem to take ownership, which means they can make plans to behave differently in the future. And this works wonderfully when giving positive feedback too. Uh, A piece of feedback I gave recently was something along the lines of, uh, hey, Jane, I just wanted to give you some feedback about your conversation with Joe yesterday lunchtime when they were upset. You kept your voice calm and soft even when they raised theirs and you gave them a chance to share their feelings. You let them talk without interrupting and demonstrated that you were listening. Throughout the conversation, I could see Joe physically relax, and I noticed a change in their body language and afterwards, they told me that your chat really helped and that you'd made the situation better. Now, how how great does that sound? That sounds like feedback we want and it's far more specific than just saying, oh, well done for yesterday, Jane. You got Joe to stop screaming at you. It takes your feedback to a different level. Taking time to tell people the specifics of what they did and the impact it had is always going to have a more lasting effect. So I hope you like the sound of the SBI model. Um, But just a quick word of caution, this method can take a bit of getting used to as it kind of changes our focus away from judgments and opinions to just cold hard facts. Uh, It's not how we're kind of normally taught to give feedback. But once you get the hang of this, people really do begin to welcome your feedback as they know it's genuine And it's not loaded with personal opinion. Trust me, this one really, really does work. So what's the third method I can talk about? Okay, yeah, let's talk about stop, start, continue. It's another classic, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You are just simply offering three bits of feedback all at once. Something to stop doing, something to start doing, something to continue doing. It lets you get in your positive feedback, corrective feedback, and constructive feedback all in one. And it really is as simple as it sounds. Let me give you another example of when I've used this. So someone recently asked me to watch a presentation of theirs. Now, they weren't on my team, but I was just doing a quick favour for them as they wanted some tips. And as it was just going to be some quick feedback, I opted for the stop, start, continue technique. And I think I even told them that's actually what I was going to be using. Uh, I think my feedback was something as simple as, right, you need to stop talking so fast as it's making it difficult for your points to land. To help with this, start taking deep breaths in between your slides rather than rushing from one to the next. And be sure to continue asking questions as it helps to keep the pace of the presentation smooth. Now, of course, I could have gone into more detail if they'd asked, uh, or maybe if I was measuring their performance, but as it was just a favor they'd asked for, I felt it appropriate just to give a few little tips. Of course, with this approach, you you need to remain specific as that will increase the chance of your feedback being listened to. Saying something like, oh, you need to be more confident, which I've heard, by the way, um, that's not going to help anyone. So make sure when you do give stop, start, continue. even if it is brief it's still specific and the last technique I think I'll share with you today then is one that I'm actually seeing appear more and more and it's something called feed forward now you may guess from its name it differs slightly from feedback because it's based on a direction of focus feedback looks backward into something that's already happened whilst feed forward looks to the future about what could be done moving forward and this method is amazing when you both know something has not gone the way it was supposed to Uh, Maybe someone has had an absolute mare and you need to talk about it. If it's painfully obvious that things have gone wrong, you would need to ask how useful it would be to talk about that. I've heard people say things like, what on earth happened there? Yeah, that's a great question for someone who's feeling low and already beating themselves up. Now, whilst Feed Forward does nod to what has happened, it's a solution-orientated approach that helps people look forward and move on. So let's give you another example. I, I spoke to someone who had an interview. Uh, and when I say it was awful, I, I'm being nice there. Uh, I spoke with them. I spoke with the hiring manager and they told me it was a car wreck. And the person was clearly upset about their performance. Now, if I were just to waltz up to them and say, oh yeah, Louisa just told me how bad your interview was. What on earth happened there? How do you honestly expect that conversation <laughs> to go? It's, it's not going to be a positive one. They're, they're not going to want to listen to anything I say. So instead, it was about drawing a line under that experience and just looking at what could be done differently. I think the question I actually asked was, in your next interview, what is the main thing you'll do differently? I mean, it suggests that they need to do something differently, which we both already knew. um, And it's just giving them a chance to reflect and find a solution rather than really get bogged down on how bad they did. And I think the question I asked most in that interaction was, how will you do that? So they said things like, oh, I'll be more prepared. Okay, how are you going to do that? They need to follow a structure, have better answers. Okay, how are you going to do that? They need to sell their achievements more. Okay, how will you do that? So we know we've recognized all the things that went wrong in the interview, but without actually making them relive it and really focusing on it. And that's the benefit of using forward. So see how it kind of works? See how it's useful? By asking what they'll do differently, they're just giving themselves feedback and finding solutions. And it's such a great technique to use. Like I say, when people are beating themselves up, when they know exactly what went wrong, and they don't really need to be reminded of it. Now, this, of course, comes with another word of caution. This technique only works when they know they've underperformed. If you have someone who genuinely believes that they've nailed a situation and you ask them what they'll do differently, they may just say, nothing, it was perfect. So where do you go from there? So as with all the feedback styles we've talked about, using it in a time that works. Uh, I find this useful if it's clear the other person knows they've had a nightmare. You know it, they know it, so it's just time to move forward. So there are four feedback styles that I use. Um, but of course, there are many, many more, but I'm just a bit cautious at a time in a moment. So I think I'll start to wrap things up by sharing some common pitfalls with you when it comes to giving feedback. So it's important for you to know that people will not always want your feedback. We know that feedback is valuable. We know it's powerful. We know it will help, but not everyone wants it, which is, is sad, but it is a way of life. Uh, if you are ever unsure whether someone will respond to your feedback, the best thing to do is just offer it to them. Just say something like, I've got some feedback for you if you'd like it. If they want it, they'll say yes. If they don't, they'll say no. And then you can just move on. It's a much safer interaction than just launching straight on into feedback for them. And another pitfall is don't only use feedback for negative situations. We all know someone in our life, guaranteed, who focuses only on negatives, who only interacts with you when something's wrong. And it's people like that who give feedback a bad name. So be sure to give positive feedback too. That way people welcome your feedback as they know it's balanced Um, and when you do give that feedback be sure to deliver it in a timely manner. It's another pitfall which kind of irks me a little bit but give the feedback when the behavior or the situation is fresh in your minds and doing so will make it easier to talk about. Under no circumstances should you store it up because all you're doing here is building ammunition for a fight further down the road. And you see this at a ridiculous amount in relationships. I'm guilty of it as well. Rather than communicating with a partner about a behaviour at the time, it's all stored up and then it floods out all at once. So what should have been a very calm and collected conversation turns into a rant about things from six, seven, eight months ago. How on earth is that feedback helpful then? And you're not using it to be helpful anymore. You're using it as a weapon, which is just not on. And lastly, maybe the, the, the biggest pitfall I've seen is when... People give feedback, but without any specifics. And I cannot tell you how damaging it is to have unspecific feedback. And this goes for both positive and negative feedback. If someone was great, tell them why they were great. If someone was poor, tell them why they were poor. Now, something like good job sounds nice, but if you're never told why you've done a good job, how on earth can you be expected to repeat it? And likewise, if you're not told exactly why something didn't go well, how on earth are you supposed to prevent that happening again? So always be specific as you possibly can. And I promise you that will make a huge, huge difference to the quality of your feedback. Now, it feels like there's been a lot covered in this episode. So I'll start to close off now by just giving you one last thing to think about. And that is to remember the purpose of feedback. It's to help people become the best versions of themselves. It's to help people grow and succeed. So if you're going to give feedback, be sure to first ask yourself why you are giving it. Is your feedback coming from a place of best intentions, from a place of consideration, from a place of love? Or are you giving feedback to make yourself feel better or to bring someone down a pick or two? Or is a retaliation for the feedback that you've received? If it's this latter group of reasons, I have one suggestion and I mean this in the nicest way possible, keep your mouth shut. Feedback that is used as a weapon, that is used for our benefit rather than other people's, that's used to make ourselves feel better or superior is the worst kind of feedback, and it gives feedback a bad name. It makes people scared of feedback, resistance to feedback. It is robbing them of a valuable tool that could genuinely be using to help them grow. If, however, you give feedback with the best of intentions, if you use feedback as a tool for support, if you ensure that your feedback is balanced, well-timed, and specific, you will quickly notice that your feedback becomes a superpower. Not only are you managing to grow your own skills, but you are helping those around you grow too. And I don't know about you, but a world where people are helping each other to become the best version of themselves, where everyone supports each other, is definitely a world I want to live in. And that brings us to the end of today's episode, uh, which has been a little longer than usual, but like I say, there was plenty to say on the matter. so, So I hope you've stuck with us for the whole time. I really hope you've enjoyed today uh, and I hope that you're ready to practice giving feedback with any of the techniques that I've talked about. Um, trust me, they really do help up your feedback game. Now, as I said at the beginning, the next episode will stick with the theme of feedback, but we're gonna focus on how to effectively receive feedback, which is certainly a skill that I had to develop over time. So why not subscribe to the podcast and be sure to get notified when that episode is made available. Uh, it would mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever is your podcast host of choice. And it really does help get these episodes out there to even more people. Uh, Remember, you can connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Kevin Roberts, or you can follow me on Instagram with the username of Official Grow Your Own Way. But for now, I just want to say thanks for listening. It always means a lot to me to know that I have listeners and the content is being enjoyed. I hope you all stay safe and well, and I will speak to you on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye.